What's up, everyone? Welcome to the NG Ingwen Show. My name is John Drummond, or Yang Haolin. Hi, 大家好，欢迎回到 NG 英文。我是 Stephanie。今天的来宾是一位很有想法而且真诚的创业家。接下来就让我们来欢迎 John. Today I am joined by man, really just a wonderful man that I am getting to know over this short period of time. A very opinionated, honest. Entrepreneur <laughs> that is grounded in reality, but is an optimist for life, and I'm really excited to share his viewpoints on so many different things that mean so much to me, and I know that、uh, that will mean a lot to you. Without further ado, everyone, please welcome John. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, man, it's hard to introduce you because every time I talk to you via text message, I'm like, "Hey, man, are you in Taiwan?" And you're like, "No." But oh, now now I'm here for two days. <laughs> you want to do meet up? <laughs> yeah, we, we tried to do this a few times now. So、uh, yeah, so yeah. sorry for the late notice, but I'm here. You You're、know. here, man, and、uh, and you know we can talk some about so many things, really. But I was hoping we could dive into kind of the entrepreneurial side of your life, specifically to mental health, because you know if you feel like touching a little bit on your background、uh, and and your upbringing, please do. But I was thinking we could start really with just mental health because you've created a great re- referral service for people here in Taiwan. That if they're looking for counselors, they're looking for therapists, they're looking just for really mental health advice. It, if, forgive me if that's wrong, but it, is is that sound about right? That's correct. That's the American Taiwanese Mental Health Institute,、mm-hmm. uh, ATMHI.org, and、uh, basically it was、uh, set up、uh, with the premise of.、Um, Introducing Western、uh, therapy to people in need, and、uh, also making sure that it's bilingual for people who, like me, don't speak Chinese that well or at all. <laughs> well, there we go, and it's focusing too on Taiwanese and foreigners finding help within Taiwan. Is、correct. that correct? So it's really like linking them to potentially bilingual therapists and counselors in Taiwan. That's correct.、Mm. Between that and、uh, couples that、uh, might have different、uh, ideologies and backgrounds.、Mm. Oh, that's super helpful. So maybe that kind of multicultural relationship and and understanding how to navigate that. Yeah, there's always gaps to、uh, to bridge. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thinking then, maybe we can dive into some concepts. As I've been doing a little bit more mental health talks on this show, and you know, it's it's always great to hear perspectives and. You and I were talking a little bit off air of the concept of maybe happiness and unhappiness, and and bringing in maybe some awareness into kind of what what does that really mean? Because I think people are sometimes are chasing this concept of to be happy, but people don't even really know what that means. So maybe in your in your opinion, what's what's this concept here of unhappiness and happiness? So、uh, in my humble opinion, first off,、uh, happiness is not a constant;、uh, it's an emotion.、Mm. You're not always sad. You're not always happy. Uh, it's just part of life. It's an emotion, and I don't think it's exactly a destination that's a constant because that's not realistic.、Mm. But I think understanding happiness, you need to understand the opposite. What is unhappy? And、uh, in my mind, it's the difference between expectations and reality. The bigger that difference, the more unhappy a person is.、Mm. So you either adjust your reality or you adjust your expectations to achieve happiness.、Mm. You are. Great at summarizing all of these. <laughs> so, in a in a nutshell, right there, it's if I am living with an unhealthy, realistic expectation of something, and I don't achieve that thing, that can cause me to be unhappy. Correct. And therefore, if I am approaching it with 
an idea of, hey, this could happen, this could not, there's going to be setbacks, you know, more of like enjoying the process. Is that how you would concept that? I think people have a unfortunate tendency to undervalue the things that they have and overvalue the things that they don't. Mm, the grass is greener concept right there, right? Always greener. Oh, that's else. a good one right there, guys. The grass is green <laughs> somewhere else, which is not true. <laughs> it's right. where you water it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You have to uh, put the effort in. You have to um, build, just like anything in life. If it's a business, if it's a relationship with somebody else, a relationship with yourself, you need to put the effort in. Mm. Uh, I think we're in a society that everything has become thought of as replaceable. You know, if it's a job, if it's a uh, career, if it's housing, if it's a significant other. It just, um, let's just swipe and find something else. Let's just uh, go on a different website and find a replacement. Mm. Uh, I think it takes a lot of the responsibility from the self away and uh, it creates a unhappy situation. Mm. You know, I talk, my audience knows I talk a lot about social media and how my relationship with social media has changed over the years. Do you sense, John, that social media has played a role in a lot of this unhealthy expectations, this kind of swipe away or look for a new partner or look at their life versus mine concept? I think uh, social media came out and it was um, initially something good. But at this point, I think it's extremely toxic. I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat it. It's... Um, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's extremely dangerous for the individual and uh, for society in reality. Uh, you look at Instagram. Everybody is uh, living a multi-billionaire lifestyle, even though they're not. It's it's all fake. Uh, it's even worse when it comes to um, filters. Uh, you end up creating an image that is not even you. Mm -hmm. I was actually looking uh, last night at some pictures of a friend. I'm like, I don't even recognize this person. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking to myself, why even bother posting these pictures? It's not even you. What's the point? Yeah. The other issue that comes from that is... Um, body dysmorphia because you don't end up not liking who you are because when you look in the mirror it's not the same as what you see on your instagram yeah so you, you're creating different personalities now mm. and i think people don't understand that they end up creating a segment of their imagination and then they try to live up to as a standard and it's not realistic because it's based on other standards other people's standards mm. that are fake to begin with mm. And people start thinking, well, I'm having, uh, my life is not that good. Look at all these other people having such a good life at the bars, at the clubs, traveling. Mm -hmm. Wow, five-star hotels every every other day. But do they work? No, they don't work. Right? It just magically happens. So <laughs> what am I doing wrong? I start feeling bad about myself. Mm -hmm. But the reality is all this is curated. All this is marketing. People don't understand that they're the, well, they're the target. They're the yeah. The consumer. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And it, it's, it's a very honest thing. And I think bringing that self-awareness into that for yourself, guys, when you are looking on social media, you know, just understanding, you know, that's, that's curated. That's highly curated. There's a reason they posted that photo. Um, thinking about it then, John, from an entrepreneurial mindset, you've been around the world starting businesses really everywhere you go. Do you see an opportunity here for you to help further? I know mental health being kind of something that you care deeply about, but what's your take on that from an entrepreneurial perspective? Uh, look, I think any inefficiency is a business opportunity unto itself, but I think um, tabling the entrepreneurial component and actually looking at the, the human component, because all these systems, all these technologies, so far they're here to serve 
people, humanity, mm. not to capitalize off of. I think it's really unfortunate when you gamify a very addictive system and you damage people's psyches and their interaction with themselves and with others just mm. for profit. Mm-hmm. And that's really what happens with uh, social media, with TikTok, with um, Instagram, all these unrealistic expectations are born and i mean you want to ask why or how well i mean there's a reason that lvmh is worth as much as it is because people are just conditioned to think that's how you qualify your value Mm. and it's it's a never-ending pit and it's a never-ending pit full of uh, misery is Mm. the reality you know i've i've known a lot of uh, women that have not one not two extra bedrooms just with uh brand items Mm mm-hmm do you think having 200 bags makes them happier? It doesn't. For a moment, it does, but later on, it doesn't. Mm. So they need to keep chasing, keep chasing, and they just keep digging a deeper and deeper hole for themselves. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. And and I see it with, with friends and acquaintances. And there is a, a, a hint of optimism, though, in the sense of people can bring more awareness into it. So from that perspective, what do you see people can become more aware of? I mean we touch on maybe a a human aspect in that. Do you see a way that people can kind of wake up to this and and become more aware? I think people easily get stuck in loops. Mm -hmm. So I did something before, did something yesterday, and then cognitive dissonance sets in saying, well, uh, if I didn't like it, then why would I be doing it? And I just keep reiterating Mm -hmm. and you just keep getting stuck. Mm -hmm. I would actually suggest a simple exercise where you actually write down what happened? Let's say I want to write down what happened yesterday. And then I'm thinking, actively thinking about what I just wrote down, reading it to myself and saying, is this something I'm happy with? Is it not? Uh, how would I change this? Mm. How would I like to see a different outcome there? Mm. And on a slightly macro scale, I would say, ask yourself, what do you want from yourself? Most people don't, don't actually ask this question. What do you want for yourself mm. or from yourself? People are just busy doing or being. And, you know, it's like one day becomes a week, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, a few more weeks become a month. That becomes a year. That becomes a decade. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're acting in a certain way that you don't know why you even did that to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people in their 30s and their 40s and their 50s all of a sudden look back and like, what happened to what? Where did all this time go? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you don't. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is it. You're on stage. Mm-hmm. This is your stage. This is your show. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. Stop to realize that. So in terms of uh, human connection, you know, uh, we're social animals. We want to have good friends. We want to have a solid infrastructure around us. We want to have a significant other that is in our closest circle that we can confide in and trust and build a relationship, build something bigger than than ourselves with. And I think uh, you see this problem in more and more societies, especially in Asia, where the relationships are transactional. Mm. It's about benefit and it's about superficial benefit. And it's not about building meaningfulness or building any depth or a resilient relationship. People get into a relationship for superficial reasons. If it's uh, what you can give her or how she looks and how it makes you look to others Mm. with her by your side. And from there, it just becomes a almost like a business transaction, like a negotiation. Mm. And each Mm -hmm. side is basically convincing themselves deluding themselves even saying oh this is a good this is a good setup for me this is a good situation Mm -hmm. and it's not because with uh, social media i think people are actually one foot in this relationship and the other foot they're in their dms seeing if there's something better coming in Mm -hmm. they just uh a lot of times they 
they failed to put in the work to make a relationship into a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's hopefully what I'm seeing is a level of awareness coming into it as, as people are learning more about that. I think right now, you know, I, I picture this as a pendulum swinging and, and social media getting popular over the past 10 years has really like a wrecking ball, you know, crushed people's expectations of so many different things. But I believe that they're, at least my group of friends, we're seeing how to use it as a tool that it was intended for, you know, maybe help you grow a business or uh, share little moments of your life. But a lot of people have backed off from the amount of time they're on it. And, you know, like myself, I don't post anything anymore. And I feel so much better. <laughs> you do. But the thing is, you also grew up when... Uh... This was a novel idea, right. and you grew up in a time where before that it didn't even exist. It didn't, right. I was Whereas outside. <laughs> people now, like uh, you look at uh, 10-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 20-year-olds, this is normal to them. Mm -hmm. They interact with one another through this medium. Mm -hmm. They don't know anything different. Uh, we knew this because, and we can actually say, you know what? This is too much for me because I know, I remember back when I had a different option. Mm -hmm. But when you're just born into it and you're meshed into it, I think you're going to have a very different outcome. It's mm. a good, very good point. Yeah. 来宾分享他们的平台 American Taiwan Mental Health Institute， 主要是在转介西方的身心治疗方式给需要的人。那他们的平台是双语的。那这种设计是为了让像来宾一样可能中文不太好或是不会中文的人使用。那来宾认为，其实快乐不是一个持续的东西，而是一种情绪。你不可能永远的开心，或是永远的难过。而这些情绪只是生活中的一部分，那快乐也不是一个终点站，因为这样就太不切实际了。那他认为要理解快乐是什么的话，就要先知道什么是不快乐。他在来宾的理解当中，他认为其实是期待跟现实的差别。他认为这个差距越大，我们就会越不快乐。所以他认为，其实只要能够调整现实或是调整期待，才会获得幸福。来宾认为，其实人都有一个很不幸的倾向，那就是会低估自己所拥有的事物。但是高估了自己所没有的东西。那来宾认为，无论是生意或是人际关系，都是需要建立跟付出努力的。在现在的社会当中，我们好像习惯代替所有的事情，无论是工作、房子、另一半等等的，都是可以被替代的。那来宾也提到，其实社群软体一开始出现的时候是好事，但现在只能说是一个非常有毒的东西，因为其实可能在 IG 上面，大家看起来好像都过着亿万富翁的生活，但实际上可能都是假的。那后来滤镜出现之后就更糟了，因为你将创造一个根本不是你的人。像他前阵子看到他朋友的照片的时候，他甚至是认不出来。他就觉得，那发布这个照片的意义到底是什么呢？那还有另一个问题就是身体异形症。那尤其是修图过后或是用滤镜过后的自己，可能看起来不像本人。那每当我们看着镜子的时候，其实就会开始讨厌自己的身体跟样子。但很多人其实不能理解，他们正在创造一个虚构的想象，而且居然还把这个当做标准，试着过着那样的生活。但这都非常的不切实际，而且很多人可能会开始觉得自己生活过得不好，因为他们都是拿着别人可能常住五星级饭店、去夜店、旅游等等当做比较，好像别人都过得比较好，然后会开始觉得自己是不是做错什么，而且认为自己不好。可是这一切其实都是策划过的行销手法而已。那来宾分享，他认为只要有低效能的地方，就有做生意的机会。可是他认为，去除商业化的元素，单看人的部分的话，你们会发现，其实很多生意跟系统都是为了服侍人类而被创造的。但很可惜，现在变成一个为了获利而变成一个游戏化、令人上瘾的系统。
，而且还对人类的身心灵造成不好的影响。那来宾提出一个可以让自己更有意识，而且可以跳脱出这个轮回的方式。那就是写下你这一天当中所发生的事情，然后念出来，再去思考你自己快乐吗？会想要怎么改变呢？或是你会希望看到什么不一样的结果吗？那最后就是要问自己，你会为了自己做什么呢？因为很多人不会去想自己到底想要什么，而是单纯的去做。那渐渐的一天变成一年，甚至十年，但是你会发现你不知道为什么会变成这样子，或是到底一开始是如何开始的，但你就会一直这样子做。那来宾说，其实很多三十岁、四十岁、五十岁的人，可能回过头看的时候，会觉得时间怎么那么快，或是到底这期间发生了什么事情？那他认为，其实现在的社会当中，尤其是亚洲社会，任何关系都变得非常的交易性质，而且都围绕在好处。那他们变得不是在建立有意义的关系，或是有深度的关系了。那我们来复习一下刚刚来宾提到的一些片语跟词汇。刚刚来宾在回答“快乐的意义是什么”时。它的开头是 "In my humble opinion." In my humble opinion. 那意思就是依我看来。那它用 humble 本身的意思就是谦虚，所以用这种方式开头的话，可以表示自己的谦虚的意见或是浅见，也是比较正式的一种用法哦。那刚刚来宾也提到 tendency, tendency, T-E-N-D-E-N-C-Y， 那它代表的是倾向。那另一个字是 undervalue, undervalue, U N D E R V A L U E. 那它的意思就是低估。那相反的就是 overvalue, overvalue, O V E R V A L U E. 高估。最后就是 figment, figment, F I G M E N T. 那通常最常听到的是别人说 "figment of my imagination"， 意思就是虚构的想象哦。那我们继续来听接下来的专访吧。If we can switch gears a little bit to the story of your life, because you're born in Israel,、right. and I believe spent a bit of time in the U.S. off and on, and really though have been, as you said, a global citizen. And so maybe we could start with the the mindset that you have. I feel like Knowing you now for a little while, you just were instilled with this this go getter attitude. Would you say that's more of like the Israeli mindset, or was that <laughs> put into you through going to the U.S. or when did that begin? So the there's definitely the Israeli mindset of、um, we have a problem. Let's let's have the individual try and tackle it and resolve it,、mm. as opposed to somebody else is going to give me the answers.、Uh, I think that's a very big differentiator between、um, Israel and.、Uh, A lot of countries in Asia,、mm. a lot of places in Asia.、Uh, for me, I was born in Israel, and I moved to the U.S. and back to、um, Israel and back to the U.S. So, it, my my friends in Hong Kong introduced me to the term a third culture kid, and I realized I'm a different version of third culture kid.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And、um, yeah, after、um, trying to get the best of、uh, American culture and mindset and the Israeli mindset,、uh, I ended up in、uh, Asia. And it's really just a very interesting amalgam because I can really mesh with different、uh, ideas, and、uh, I think in, in this stage of my life, I'm actually grounded enough to pick and choose what situation I want to be in.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't need to go and just、um, get into arguments for the sake of conversations. Like if you if you want to tell me that two、uh, plus two is purple, right? It's purple. <laughs> like it's just there's no need to、mm-hmm. no need to belabor that.、Mm-hmm. 
I love it. And thinking then, too, about your language through all of this, were, were you learning English in Israel or was that picked up as you then immigrated to the United States? So uh, my uh, dad actually uh, taught me uh, English because we were preparing for me to, well, for us, for the family to immigrate to the U.S. It, it was really uh, it was really interesting. My uh, mom was doing her uh, postdoc, so that was the uh, impetus for uh, getting to the U.S. the first time. Um, getting back to Israel was, uh, you know, you have Jewish grandparents and uh, only child like me. They, they put a lot of pressure on the parents saying, oh, we're not going to see our uh, grandchild ever again. You have to come back. So. so was there any reverse culture shock after you came Absolutely. back? And you're now probably more comfortable speaking English at that time? So, you know, um, Israelis typically are really boisterous, really warm. Uh, they, they really talk with their hands. Like the brotherhood vibe, right? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Everybody comes in. It's like, uh, you're my brother. Come in. Come on in. Let's Everyone share food. Share, yeah, have coffee. Mm. Uh, Americans are a little bit more reserved. So when they came in from uh, Israel as a kid to the U.S., that was definitely a culture shock. Mm. Coming back from the U.S. into Israel, even though I went to the same group of kids that I left in school, uh, for them, I was acting. They actually said that I, that I acted British. You know, I acted too reserved for the the locals. Wow, interesting. Which was funny because I didn't even know what a British temperament would be at that right. point. But that that's how they perceived me. Interesting. And then going back to the U.S., you know, I went to um, college there. It, it, it's all layering, so it was really interesting. So the people that we, we talked about this uh, a little bit earlier, mm. the um, people that ended up. Uh, calling my friends in college were not really my uh, age group. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some uh, older guys there. Um, actually, one of my best friends was a uh, sergeant from the uh, Marine Corps. You know, he, he finished a uh, tour in Iraq. He's like 10 years older than everybody else. And we, we just gelled. Mm -hmm. All the third culture kids that I know, they have a level of maturity often about them because they've encountered so many different parts of the world. By the time you're 18, you know, Okay, yeah, you're going to be friends with 25-year-olds, 30-year-olds plus, and there's that, that maturity to you, and, and so it makes complete sense. <laughs> and I think now, as I see you really finding your way in Asia, too, and just going wherever you need, there's that fluidity. You know, I think you, you said to me, you're like, I'm, I'm like water now. You know, you have the ability to interact with the Americans here, but you also have the ability to interact with every other culture. Do you think that was because of your bouncing around back and forth, your third culture bringing? Uh, I think it was actually really fortunate for me to have that kind of uh, upbringing. Uh, some might call it less uh, stable, but I think it actually made me uh, super stable because I developed the ability to understand a situation from different uh, aspects or different vantage points. Mm -hmm. Not just, uh, I know what I know and what I know is the truth and you must respect me, you must apply it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I learned to be a lot more um, moderate in my approach to pretty much everything. Mm. It's really cool. It, w would you say there's been any impactful life lessons from your time in Israel that you've taken with you though everywhere? So Israel is a small place. Um, the neighborhood could be a little bit better, especially when I was growing up. Mm. You have to be able to solve things. You have to be able to adapt. You know, the, the Marines have the uh, adapt, overcome. Mm -hmm. and it, it's very similar to that. It's just uh, in life, in business, in school. You know, my, my, my schooling, I, I spent more hours in high school than I did in college. And that, that's because they really pushed you to be the best that you could. Mm -hmm. And it makes you grow. 
you didn't really get a uh, cadence, like a set structure of following and just somebody above you is going to tell you what to do. You were told to be you. It's like manifesting your abilities. Mm-hmm. And it can be applied to a hard science. It can be applied to a art. It can be applied to, um, in, in my case, it was an entrepreneurial project um, in middle school, actually. You know, they had this uh, entrepreneurial class mm-hmm. just um, as a extracurricular activity. So we're setting up a business. What do you want to do? Yeah, when you're like 12. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. So that kind of mindset is instilled in you. Mm-hmm. You can take that wherever you go and you can apply it in so many different ways. Yeah. And it just, it, it grows exponentially. Mm. Yeah. And that, that compound effect is, I see you now, wherever I'm chatting with you, you're like, yeah, I'm going to set up a business in Thailand right now or set up a business in Bali, whatever. You have these these incredible skills. I'm sure there's so many beautiful things you're going to do in the world, and it's a pleasure to get to know you more. 来宾是在以色列出生的，但后来一直在美国跟以色列之间来回居住。那来宾认为自己的思维比较偏向以色列人的想法，那就是如果他遇到问题的时候，就会自己想办法解决，而不是由别人给他答案。那他认为这是以色列跟其他亚洲国家最大的区别。那来宾认为，其实他的背景让他成为了一个非常不一样的第三文化小孩。也因此，他可以理解很多不同的文化。像他觉得在聊天当中，他也不会特别去争论。如果有人跟他说“二加二等于紫色”，他也不会说什么。那来宾分享他学习英文的方式是透过他父亲，因为当时他们正准备移民去美国。那来宾的家人会移民的动力是因为他母亲要去执行博士后。那他们会回以色列是因为他的祖父母是犹太人，而他是独生子，所以他就会对他父母进行施压。那来宾也分享，因为以色列人通常都比较热情跟热爱热闹，但是美国人比较偏保守一点，所以他回以色列的时候，其实他们都认为他的行为举止都偏英式，而且偏保守。但好笑的是，他完全不知道英式的气质到底是什么样子。那后来来宾回到美国读大学的时候，他结交的朋友都是不同年龄层的，像他有一位很好的朋友就是海军的中士，而且比他大十岁，但他们却结交成好友。那来宾也分享，他其实在高中的时候反而花最多的时间，因为他们会鼓励学生成为最好的自己。所以来宾后来在创业的领域中发展，也因为从小植入这种思维，所以长大后可以在很多不同的领域中应用。那我们来复习一下刚刚来宾提到一些片语跟词汇。第一个是 grounded， grounded， G R O U N D E D。那通常，如果在形容一个人的个性的时候，就代表这个人有判断力跟情绪稳定的意思。但如果是在形容孩子做错事的时候，就代表说他是被禁足。那另一个字是 differentiator， differentiator， d i f f e r e n t i a t o r。那它其实听起来很像 different， 但意思是区别跟差异化。最后来宾用 gelled， gelled。G E L L E D 来形容他跟他好友的关系，那这代表着他们结成好友的意思哦。那我们继续来听接下来的专访吧。But a question I'd love to end the show with is if you could go back and talk to a younger John, maybe when you were in Israel, would there be any advice you give yourself about life, language, traveling, entrepreneurship, anything? You know, it's just it, you need to have an open mind. Try to treasure every day because you don't actually know what's ahead. And you can't assume that you're gonna get additional time or additional opportunities.、Mm-hmm. So, for me, it's just it's、uh, try to be good, try to be unto others as you want them to be to you. Try to find out what your talents are, what you enjoy, and、uh, apply them. Boom! There it is.
。来宾会给年轻自己的建议就是买比特币，但他也说希望自己可以保持着开放的思想，并且珍惜每一天，因为你永远不会知道明天会遇到什么，会不会有多的时间或是机会。那当然还有己所不欲，勿施于人。那他也认为要找出自己的天赋以及自己的兴趣，然后就去做吧。那我们就谢谢今天的来宾 John。Well, where can people follow along with your life online? Maybe where can they reach out if they have any mental health questions or find your website? So、uh, obviously we have、uh, atmhi.org, and、uh, if they want to follow me, then、uh, Instagram, the real JG eight eight eight. The real JG eight eight eight. That's right. There it is. All right, Johnny. Thanks for joining us on the NG English Show. We'll talk to you next time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to us here on the NG English Show. My name is John Drummond, or Yang Haoyun. You can find me on Instagram, John Drummond eight nine, or go follow along with the real JG eight 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 on social media. All right, everyone. Thanks for your patience, your curiosity, and your dedication to learn. We'll talk to you next time. Much love. Peace.